Luna, Delta, Echo. This is In Between Stations Radio broadcasting from Flagstaff, Arizona, USA. This is In Between Stations Radio from 3731 kHz in the 80-meter band from Flagstaff, Arizona, United States of America. This is In Between Stations Radio from 3731 kHz in the 80-meter band from Flagstaff, Arizona, United States of America. Good evening. Welcome to In Between Stations Radio. It's uh, it's an interesting uh, evening. We're having a big snowstorm outside. It's been kind of crazy here. It gets 55 degrees. <laughs> All the snow melts, at least down here at the lower part of the mountain. It doesn't melt up high. It gets warm. Uh, you almost feel like spring times here. <laughs> and then a big snowstorm comes. It's below zero, and it's it's kind of like that right now. Kind of a blizzard out there. So it's winter time, or whatever it is. <laughs> so whatever side of the Earth you're on, night or day, southern or northern hemisphere, welcome to In Between Stations Radio on 3731 kilohertz in the 80 meter band. We hope you're getting us live. If not, probably going to hear this on a podcast. Um, tonight is, um, I think I've discussed this before, uh, actually for a, a job. I, I, I do a lot of documentary work. I interview uh, lots of tribal elders in many different tribes and get their histories and document that. Uh, often I don't play that stuff. That's very private often is for uh, the sake of keeping track of ancestral histories. My thing is just getting the biography of that person down in the life history so we don't forget them. And There's some really wonderful people out there on the reservations and that's where I spend a lot of my life and time and I'm happy to say I do. <laughs> so I'm often in other cultures as well as my own. And so that's a work I do a lot of, and I have interviewed lots and lots of friends. I have an unusual group of friends, and I've talked a little about my deceased girlfriend, Tiva, who was highly, highly private and highly unusual individual. And I chose to sort of make her life known to, to other people outside of the scope of our relationship, because she's just such a beautiful being, and I think she deserved that much. Her journey was incredibly beautiful. And as time goes on, I'll reveal more about this marvelous person. It was not only my girlfriend and close friend, but someone that had obtained a lot of knowledge in her life and uh, helped a lot of people in her own way. So I love and I miss you, Tiva. So, uh, yeah, I have a lot of unusual friends uh, that have amazing stories and not all of them are willing to share those stories 
but some of those stories are very profound and I think need to be heard, especially in this time period where things are so confusing and so turned upside down and we really don't know kind of what the hell's going on some days. <laughs> we just live from day to day and we try to get through things as we as I say, we're at the end of a, an era, the end of a time period, and we're moving into something brand new. Often I compare it to the year 1912 or 1913, the, before the dawn of the modern age and these horrific wars that we had and this whole change that happened after 1918 in World War I, led into World War II, led into the Cold War, led into thermonuclear devices and weapons of mass destruction and also many beautiful things in terms of medicine and healing and um, inventions that help us along the way but the price has been paid and we're now at this time this juncture in history where all of us are beginning to question our country the way the political ideologies work the way that democracy works or socialism or supposed communism which really isn't around too much and is even China's beginning to practice bits and pieces of capitalism and Russia as well the world's and the economic systems are sort of um, in question especially now with this huge war in Ukraine and the atrocities being committed there not only on behalf of the Russian people but as we send arms into uh, Ukraine, we accelerate the conflict because once again it's this battle between East and West ideologies and this deeper set sides that are being taken. Uh, and all of us are kind of tired of both sides or whatever the sides are. <laughs> we just want to have gas and put in our cars, gas to heat our homes, have the food we need to eat, have the love of each other and family. In the middle of that are these powerful corporations and economic systems and debts and being indentured to your, your employment, uh, your employer, to your government and wondering what it's all, uh, what it's worth. What's it done for us? And I often talk about how a war being in a war shattered my life and my supposed patriotism and my morality and other things and brought all that into question. And coming home and, and having to come to terms with the severe change that I had been through in my life and many other people have been through and all of us are going through. All of it, we're, we're at the beginning of a new time period and I don't know what that will become similar to 1913 and 1912 couldn't see the dawn of the modern age we moved out of the Victorian age and all its sort of um, particular way and, and, and uh, disciplines and strict rules and the dominance of religion it was a whole other age we moved into the modern age quite suddenly with the event of World War one so we're in the midst of great change and we're questioning many things uh, in in a really powerful way. If, is this kind of life benefiting us? Is there an American dream? Is it become American nightmare? Or whatever country you live in. What's it like to live in Russia? And uh, You know, there's all this propaganda that you have to filter yourself through to know what a Russian person feels like. I have a few friends that live in Russia and they don't have the same views we have of what's going on. It's just, I've talked to them and uh, we've talked, exchanged ideas and their views are much different than ours. The press and the propaganda in the press are, are well constructed on both sides. 
Um, and we often don't know what's going on. And when you go to a war, you see that. And you, it brings all these things into question. Why are we here? Why are we doing this? Why are, we, why are all these indigenous people dying? Why are we here to, to get this resource that doesn't belong to us? Or are we here to defend ourselves and de de defend freedom and democracy? Or is it about killing people and getting a resource and hiding it behind this mask of freedom and patriotism? A lot of questions. All of us have questions. Is, it, is COVID real or isn't it real? Has a lot of people died or is, has it, is it actually the flu? Or, or what's going on? You know, in all these conspiracy theories, and some of them might even be true. It's just, it, it's, it's hard to, to know what the truth is, especially in this time period. In our last uh, episode, I Am Murky, uh, the New Year's episode, which I think you should listen to, I talked about the zeitgeist, the uh, ghost in time. Are we locked in a time period? Are we locked in a way of thinking? Are we locked in a, in a dated way we dress, in a dated way we think? And it won't be dated until we look back at it. When you look back at these things, sometimes they're laughable, especially the obsessions that people have with things. And our obsessions will sometimes be outdated too. And, and, and can we look beyond the time period we're in, beyond the nation, beyond the culture, into a greater means of peace for all the world, for the forests and for the animals? And for, do we, can we achieve peace? Have we, and we know, and I've talked about this before, there's been at least 23 societies that's had long-term peace. Uh, so man, it isn't true that man is a violent creature, that man's evil, that man, as Freud once said, is, is possessed by the death complex, that he wants to, modern man wants to kill and destroy everything. And that was where his disciple, Carl Jung, supposed disciple, broke away from Freud and said, no, no, it's about, it's about looking at yourself personally and seeing what you can overcome, what you can do as an individual. And, and seeing that the, the problems out there that a lot of times we can't control, if we look inward, the problems are really in there. And can we find balance? Can we find peace? Can we come to terms with these personal conflicts that we have? And that they, that's the way you change the world, is by changing yourself. That's what I love about Carl Jung. I don't particularly like being a disciple or following all the things that he did, but I like his general consensus about the personal responsibility of coming to terms with your life and what it is you need to do and how you can help other people by helping yourself. Beautiful stuff with Carl Jung and the power of dreams and the, the power of symbols and mythology within ourselves and in terms of our own personal uh, theologies and our religions and our cultures that we can we can develop an, an, as an individual and, and give that blessing to the rest of the world and not be so obsessed with the viewpoint, so obsessed with the culture, so obsessed with the country and the dogma of those particular things. That many people are right about many different things. That culture, there's many cultures and languages and these are different in diverse ways, especially if they're old, for coping, for being successful in where you're at, where your locality is, especially over thousands of years, like the Hopi and Zuni tribes that have come up with successful systems on how to live in a particular ecosystem and in a climate and how to respect things. All learn from trial and error and hard, hard knocks on the head. It's a little harder when you've only been around 250 years 
compare yourself to someone that's been around thousands of years, especially in a particular place. And I think we're starting to realize that, that there's a real value in the indigenous and native view, simply because they've been there so long and they've learned a lot of important things on a smaller scale. And now as we live in a larger scale with so much diversity, we need to look back a little bit and see what was going on there instead of moving forward blindly as we are now. Hey, Dave, you're going over the time limit. I'm going too long, Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm lecturing. Right. Yeah. All right. You're right as usual. All right. Should we move forward? Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So, I, I do a lot of uh, uh, interviews and docu documentary work with lots of friends and professional people and indigenous leaders and uh, it's just a lot of things in there. But I think the, the group of, of personal friends I have, most are highly unusual, most. <laughs> they have to put up with me. But I started deciding to interview a lot of these people and then part of the in-between stations is to uh, do these little interviews uh, that connect to people and their ideas and their successes. And this evening, I'd like to present to you one of my highly unusual friends, Dave Ramos, if I said that right. <laughs> Dave's been a friend of mine for a long, long time. He is a taiko drum instructor. He is a professional dancer, and he has a really interesting philosophy about life that really embraces a lot of important things, particularly in this time period. So we're going to talk a bit about taiko drum playing, about meditation, about breathing, about running, about finding your center, finding what a path you need to take that will bless other lives, and what we can do in a world that is in so much upheaval right now and we're, what possibilities to finding peace and to finding a good path to be on in spite of all the conflict, in spite of all the questions. And Dave's a great one for that. He walks the walk. He's done it. I know Dave is a good friend of mine and he's raw. He's an incredible person and he, he leads in his own way. He's not very egotistical. It's kind of hard to do this interview. <laughs> You get Dave when you run with him, or you play the drum with him, or he's your teacher. And he's changed a lot of weight, a lot of lives through his teaching practices, which are particular and unusual. And he's very honest and open about his life, as we should be. And so you get a chance to listen to Dave Ramos, amazing person. So this is a fun interview. Dave never gets beyond him, you know, he never gets too egotistical. He just, he has a lot of experience, hardcore experience, and he's a good teacher, and let's have fun with listening to Dave Ramos in this interview. All right, should we go, Murky? Do you want to play a song? I already told you, dumbhead, <laughs> that I had a song queued up. You do? What do you... Yeah. Oh. I have a cool Aboriginal didgeridoo piece here. Oh, right. Okay, we're going to play uh, Australian Aborigine piece. Um, what's that instrument they play, Murky? The didgeridoo, an Australian Aboriginal wind instrument in the form of a long wooden tube, traditionally made from a hollow branch, which is blown to produce a deep, resonant sound, varied by rhythmic accents of timber and volume, that introduces the deep spiritual flow of the ancestral dreamtime or the proper Arandic word for such being called the Alcharinga.
So this uh, interview was done last March, and it's very informal. Uh, wasn't in our studios. Uh, we just had it at my house there outside of the uh, radio station environment. So um, it's just it's just a very loose format, and we had fun. And it's kind of how I and Dave talk all the time anyway when we don't have anything recorded on, and we decide, hey, let's try a, an informal recording. And so. Here it is. Enjoy it and have fun with it. This this guy is very entertaining, very knowledgeable, and he's he's interesting. He's going to get you thinking. Okay, here we go. My name is Dave Ramos, and well, what I do is I dance and I uh, do taiko drumming, as well as taiko drum building, as well as a five-year practitioner of uh, Yijin Jing, which is within the Qigong family. All right, so so what are you what are you holding in your hands? I'm holding a pair of bachi. These are a Japanese word for drumsticks. Uh, the bachi are... What do they look like? They're hickory, and they have a girth of about, I would say, oh, three-quarters of an inch. Uh, about uh, six, 15 inches long, I believe. I'll have to remeasure that. Uh, they are quite heavy, and they could be comprised of different woods, hardwoods or softwoods, depending on the type of taiko drum you're playing on. I mean, they, they almost look like, like weapons, you know? Uh, as they have gotten away from my hands, yes, they've hit me and hurt me, so yes, they can be weapons. <laughs> so, so, what do you do with them? Well, obviously we play taiko drums, but the other thing that I have achieved with these is uh, I do what's called a dance spin flippy-doo <laughs> with these sticks, in that I have a stick in each hand, and I spin them on an open palm, as I proceed to do a, a dervish, uh, usually with uh, like some music playing piped into my ears. Dervish like in the Middle spinning, East? Spinning, yeah, spinning and spinning. And this can go on for up to 30 minutes. Uh, spinning the sticks while spinning myself in various levels and speeds, forwards, backwards. Um, so yeah. so we're, in, we're in my house here in Flagstaff, Arizona, and this also... Um, Dave lives here in Flagstaff, so this is really informal. Um, we're going to try to plug some formal things into this, but this is our first interview, uh, hopefully turn into a podcast, and want you to get familiar with this amazing guy, Dave Ram- uh, Ramos. Ram- Ramos. Ram- <laughs> I can't even pronounce. I can't even pronounce my own name. We we want you. Uh, we want people to get familiar with who you are because you're this amazing athlete that I've known and worked with at the museum and uh, we've done other things together and everybody that's an artist that's lived in Flagstaff knows who Dave is. So Dave Dave isn't just 
somebody that walked in yesterday. You've been here. How long have you been in Flagstaff? I have a total of a 17-year history in Flagstaff. My first go-around was uh, for nine years. No, actually, no. First go-around was for six years. When, when, when was that? When was that? That was from 1993 to 1999. And then I returned in 2011 and have been here ever since uh, up to 2022. Uh, formed the Random Impulse Tycho Group with the blessings of the late Shuichi Thomas Kurai, uh, from Los Angeles, California. Now, I've attended some of these sessions you do at schools, and they're, they're uh, amazing. You had, you had a couple of other people as part of your, uh, your taiko. And, I, and like I always say, there's trains in the background here. That's just part That's of living stuff. in flags <laughs> every 15 minutes. But when, I've said in these, uh, uh, it, when you hold them at schools, functions, and they're, they're like amazing. Uh, it just everybody is riveted by what you're doing and so I was at one of these sessions that my son later on became a part of your group and uh, I was so impressed by it. and who you had a, a couple of other people with you too right there yes Gina Marie Byers who's been who's grown up in Flagstaff and and uh, very well known within this town and uh, a few others too who I will name later because we're constantly changing uh, but right now, due to COVID, we've been on hiatus now for about 15 months to two years. But when I went, you had a couple of guys from Los Angeles or people that were like high up in your... It seemed like there were some other teachers with you as well. When I, the one I went to, Marshall School, I think is what it was. Oh, that was uh, Tony Trapasso. Tony Trapasso uh, was one of the founding uh, people to bring Tycho to the state of Arizona some 20-something mm. years ago along with uh, Eileen Morgan, who actually directs Fushicho da uh, Taiko down in Phoenix. Incredible group. And they also go through schools, corporations, and sharing the art, the love, the physicality of Taiko. So, so for a baseline here, what the hell is, is Taiko? Because, you know, there's Taiko hardcore acid groups and, and Taiko kung fu. What? Taiko meals that you can eat at restaurants. Shit. As I understand it, Taiko has about a 3,000-year-old history, 3,000 years ago, starting in uh, China, being used as a temple, in the temple, uh, where the big drum would maintain a particular simple beat during meditation. Mm. A thousand years after that, it finds its way to Japan, where it's doing the same thing, yet it's also being used within the communities for celebrations of, of various communal things. So, so um... You're looking at your your notebook there, and you're, <laughs> and and w what I know about you, and and this is why we're such good friends, is you're a very physical, doing it in reality guy. You're not like the big computer guy. Um, you have these very beautiful physical in-person uh, sessions that make you unique. It's like a video or a podcast <laughs> really won't do in terms of actually being there and experiencing the way you play taiko drumming and dance and so and you're looking at a notebook with some you have a lot of notes in there i do because if my taiko journey as well as my dance journey have always been about uh stimulating and challenging my cognitive as well as behavioral and kinesthetic uh, skill sets abilities shortcomings um and pushing me farther uh, beyond those and the experiences farther than I could ever imagine and it's an ongoing experience all the way to my grave so you're not just this fat overweight lazy guy I mean when I when I, 
when I first met you, I was running to work, which is, I don't know, five miles back and forth. And then you, in turn, were like riding your bike. You didn't even have a, a car. And so um, I was impressed with that. And then, you, you know, you're, you're, um, you're in, you're, so what's your age, Dave? A wonderful 60. Right. And you're in an amazing physical shape. I mean. Takes one to know one, Dave. Yeah, but <laughs> true enough. I mean, you really are. What you say is what you do. And I've always known that you um, keep yourself in amazing shape. I mean, uh, cardiovascular-wise, physical-wise, spiritual-wise. Um, and so I, I just want to present uh, the image of what you, how you look. I mean, it's not, you're not just talking wind here, but you're at, you actually walk the walk, right? As far as, uh, yeah, attending to my body and its needs and its spiritual and emotional and mental aspects. Mm -hmm. Yes, getting barefoot on the ground, essential. Being in nature, essential. Even if you live in a metropolis, there are always parks and places to go to. Yeah, way cool. And you and I are are huge on this. Um, Having your, in fact, we we attended a, a... a traditional medicine ceremony with two well-known medicine Navajo Diné medicine men, and you and I spent no time in taking our shoes and stockings off, <laughs> and That's having right. our That's feet right. on the ground. And I know Absolutely. you're like me, uh, bare feet and being connected to earth is like huge with both with both of us. It's very huge, and unfortunately, it's not a practice for most people. Not a good or bad judgment yet. Uh, Personally speaking, wow, what it can do. Uh, Just three minutes, five minutes with your feet on the ground, absorbing the wonderful sun or maybe even a partly cloudy day. So we mean, what, what, (laughs) what is, what is Tycho, what does that, what does Tycho got to do with that? Tycho is a relationship uh, with the drums, which uh, those of us in Random Impulse Tycho, and I would imagine a lot of other Tycho drummers um, feel that the drums are actually alive. Uh, we tend to them as such. Uh, I've been with Tony Trapasso, uh, involved in building the drums, and he taught me how to build them by myself. You, so you make your own drum? Yes, I am a novice drum builder, but they, they're they good. They're good. They still cut the mustard, although they don't mm. look like their traditional uh, taiko drums for the most part. Yet they have the sound, and they're certainly just as heavy. <laughs> now, and, and then you you started out in Los Angeles? I started out in Riverside County. I came into taiko drumming as a, a dancer and an actor. Uh, was cast in a play about feudal Japan at Mount San Jacinto College in um, Riverside County, 2002, where I then met uh, the late Shuichi Thomas Kurai, taiko master, who did the entire soundtrack for that particular performance. So three years later, I began studying with Reverend Tom. So, did you did you grow up in Los Angeles? I did, in in the San Fernando Valley. And you were like me. You're in the military. Marine Corps, Marine Corps veteran. Yes, mm. uh, veteran of the Cold War. <laughs> Which is kind of warming up now into another Cold War. <laughs> yes, it is getting a little hot. So, and then, how long ago did you come to Flagstaff again, Dave? I came to Flagstaff and stayed 1993 to 1999, then returned. 2011 up until the present time. Why? Um, Why did you come to Flagstaff? <laughs> both times, uh, on whims. Um, I had gone to New Mexico to audition for an outdoor musical play called Anasazi the Ancient Ones, uh, 
did not make the audition and found myself hitchhiking from uh, Farmington, New Mexico, back mm. to Los Angeles. Wow. And I had a Marine Corps buddy who was in Flagstaff, so I wound up in Flagstaff and stayed for six years. And then I left to Seattle because it was time. Mm. And I came back to Flagstaff in 2011 because it was time. So, so but during this time, you're, you're studying taiko and drumming. So I left Seattle um, in 2001 to move back to Riverside, California, mm. uh, where I had a glorious job of working for the Mount San Jacinto College Dance Department huh. as an aide. Are you playing drums all along during no, this time? No, I, I, I was dancing all the way from 1987 until I met Tycho in 2002. Wow. But actually did not start playing Tycho until 2005. So mostly dancing, all dancing. But the Tycho I've seen you do is, is, is a discipline. You're not just going and buying a drum on eBay and playing out of a book. you you got to... Uh, so you've been doing this for a while. I, 17 I mean, years. Wow. Um, of course, you want to learn the traditional songs, uh, mixed with the contemporary songs. But the wonderful thing about Tycho, two things. One, mistakes are encouraged because mm. from our mistakes, we can actually grab some material. Um, and two, uh, to play with your heart and push yourself farther and innovate Tycho into your own way. It, and how old is Tycho? Uh, approximately 3,000 years old. So so there is a, I mean, there's a discipline. I mean, there's a teacher involved, a sensei. There's or? a sensei involved. There's a teacher. Of course, there's a lineage. Mm. Um, there's the stance. There's the breathing. Uh, there's the unification within the group. Mm. Um, for me, like dance and like the uh, Yijin Jing, they are now ways of life. Whether I have an audience or not, I do all three yeah, I know, every I know single that. day. Uh, I do what's known as air taiko, where I just take the bocce, the drumsticks in my hand, and I let them go like I'm drumming on a real drum, yet I'm playing the air. Yeah, I mean, you know, not now. I mean, I just run shorter distances, but when I was doing extreme running, um, and you know, 30, 40, 50 miles, that was very comparable to what you were doing in terms of your uh, the duration and the strength and the... Uh, the cardiovascular that you need because playing a taiko drum is you just don't sit down and watch TV and play a taiko drum. <laughs> Although I have tried. <laughs> it's very, it makes you be very active, right? It does. And what I do is I turn the sound off TV. Not that I watch a whole lot of TV. Yeah. It was an experiment. It's more with earbuds. Uh, Reverend Tom, he would share with me that he would play the music when he was a beginning taiko player and then grab his bocce and do air taiko also and pretend he was playing with that group in a live concert while he was in his living room. So I have continued that living room tradition. Yeah, well, that, that's good to point out, Dave. So it's, it's something you can do anywhere, but it's also connected to the earth, right? Absolutely connected into the earth in that, uh, of course, the first uh, beat any human hears is that of their mother's mm. heartbeat, which they go on to have their own heartbeat rhythm. And everybody's heartbeat rhythm is the same, and everybody has access to that. You just got to allow yourself to find it. Yeah, and, I th and that's, that's, that's kind of what you do. Um, Surrender. But you also have a, a methodology, you have a presentation you do. And the way, I mean, you've been involved with music and dance in this community in Flagstaff for a long time. 
before I knew who you were, I knew what you did because I, I knew people that had been students of yours like Dave and uh, the Benalis, and you'd worked with these with these native groups here, which the drum is a central part of uh, indigenous communities as well. And uh, here in the Southwest, where they, it comes from indigenous communities in China and Japan, but um, it matches really well with that. And so... Um, you had you, you had this long-term connection to the arts program, so it's not just you know I'm going to skip the gym tonight and, and do taiko. It's 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 a uh, it's 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 a deeper practice than that, right? It's a life. Function. It's a life practice, and you know, for someone like me, it's it's every day, uh, six days out of seven in the week, I will pick up the bocce and do a good one-hour air taiko session, as I currently do not have a place to actually play my drums. And do not play them at home because I don't want to be that guy, that drummer. And there, listen, taiko drums, the way you play and the way I hear it, when, I, when I, somebody's playing a taiko drum, um, <clears throat> it's powerful. <laughs> they could be in their house with the door closed, and you can hear it outside when you're walking down the sidewalk. You can feel it, uh, just like those cats who drive with the stereo really loud, booming their car, and you can feel it in your car next to them. The same thing with Tycho. You can feel it. And that's what uh, the most feedback, the most common feedback we get when we do performances and workshops is people enjoy feeling the beat. And also, we always offer uh, audience to participate. And uh, the smiles and the joy uh, coming from them after they finish while they're doing it, wow. I can testify that. It's it's hugely popular. It is, it is. We've also uh, shared it also in elder care homes and have witnessed some things happening that have brought tears to everybody's eyes who were there in that moment when the elders get the drumsticks in their hands and how they light up and become more animated. Wow, this is, this is good stuff. Um, Dave has a book in his hands. Um, we're looking at it. It, it ties into his um, special kind of uh, taiko drumming um uh, we talked about the I Ching, and that's a really ancient way of not only i think fortune telling is the wrong way to call it. I Ching is life I Ching is using rhythm and sound and numbers to achieve harmony and so dave talk about this in the way you want to let's just you know okay so you tell me what you got there in your hand you got this big thick book in your right yes hand. just before the pandemic hit uh, my elder brother turned me on to this book called The Gene Keys by Richard Rudd, based on the I Ching as well as many other things uh, with that are used to, I guess, help describe life's journey. Hmm. So in, there, in, the, in the book, there are a total of 64 gene keys which have to do uh, with um, our DNA within our bodies and how the DNA helps us to live our lives, helps us hmm. to influence our lives, and other things. And within these gene keys, there are symbols related to the to the I Ching, which are in lines. So Long- why, why do you use, why is that word gene? Because when you use it, I think of genetics, DNA. Exactly. And that's what the gene keys has helped me to connect to is actually the uh, chemical happenings within my body mm. uh, regarding mm. my DNA and who I am, how I behave, how I react, how I love, all those things, uh, which helps me to understand that I am not in a victim of life. Ah, that's the, this is where you and I uh, strongly agree is not being a victim, right? 
Yes, and you know, I walked the path and still walk it here and there. Me too. Many years of being a victim within life. Both of us. Oh, blaming whatever uh, money or events as a reason why. Alcohol. So this alcohol. Wars. I mean, choose your vice, please. But. Well, that's a good one. That's a tough one to get past for me. I mean, I, I'm never past it, but um, it's 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 an excuse, right? Well, yes, vices for me uh, are not a, could be excuses, but also it can be helpful. I guess too helpful yeah. on my journey to actually leave the vices behind. Yeah, uh, to use that energy that is spent in pursuing vices to my creativity. So, how does how does Jane Keys, uh, I Ching? Because I've seen I Ching. I Ching symbols in there look like to me the same so correct correct um how does that tie into the, to taiko drumming and, and getting better getting more healthy and taking control of of your life's path or maybe control is the wrong word Ta- knowing knowing the uh the path to take right to, to, to be healthy knowing how to flow with any given path mm. that is uh that comes before us mm. uh, which paths to walk down which paths to walk away and simply just that walk away so how does all that tie into <laughs> tie into taiko? taiko drum I mean, number I'm number fascinated. one aspect is breathing ah breathing I like that yijin jing dance taiko as well as gene keys within yeah. their contempl- contemplation breathing mm. contemplation that is the number one tie-in uh, healthy breathing leads to a healthier life uh, you know it's no joke that uh Practitioners of medicine and all that say, when life is is hard, take the time to take a few breaths. That stuff matters. It really works. Um, I mean, that that's a big thing. Uh, I have a, a couple of close older elders at Hopi, and I asked him once, "Well, what's Hopi about?" And he said, "One of the main things is breathing." He said, "The breath that you take, um, Hixie breath, is your is a privilege and a gift." And so. Um, and, and I just wanted to add this quick too, Dave. Is like last night I'd been right, doing my art and, and working on projects to get money, and I got really stressed out. I mean, real bad. And I knew what I needed to do. And I, this is so I went on a run uphill for for about an hour. But you know, I call running breathing. Absolutely. So back to that. So it did help. I mean, it changed my whole manner of being and, and when I got back from the run there was no set mileage I was breathing right and so my whole being had changed and so taking that back to you Dave and then breath so why is that why is that important uh, breathing is one of the ways that uh, helps us to cleanse our bodies mm. uh, breathing as well as drinking plenty of water of course oh. not overdoing any of either of those uh, they help to move the toxins out of your lungs that your body's been accumulating, but also nourishes your blood, your brain, your marrow. Um, deep breathing is, is very important. Conscious breathing is very important. So when, when you play the taiko drum or when you dance, because I shouldn't just say taiko because you incorporate both those, those things, right? Yes. Movement with... Um, I mean, when I see you, I don't think Dave the taiko drum man, but I think this is Dave the dancer as well right yes you know if you will the fusion of taiko and dance with uh dervish like spinning and deep breathing and shallow breathing all happening at the same time now in doing the spinning 
it feels like um, I begin to go in between worlds uh, because this can go on again for 20 to 30 minutes and sometimes I lose my sense of self and gain a sense of the connection. So wh where are you at when you, when, you, when you do this? Nine times out of ten it will be in a park when oh. there's not snow on the ground. Of actually a few times I have done this with your son. Uh, we we've, yeah, we've exchanged different things, Sam. Yeah, and he uh, plays been playing the taiko drum for a long time. Yes, he has. Uh, uh, you know the the people within the group, Sam, Sam, Gina, Cheryl, uh, Seth, who is now with Fushicho Daiko. A wonderful experience, a wonderful group and community experience. Here in Flagstaff. Right? Here in Flagstaff, yes. People have come and gone within Random Impulse Taiko. We are probably within our fourth incarnation in ten years. The first Taiko group of Random Impulse Taiko in Flagstaff in 2011, uh, there were five boys and none of them were over 10 years old. And then me. That was an incredible experience for all of us. You know, it brings back memories when I first got involved years ago in martial arts. And we'd go to a, a formal sensei in Ogden. And, you know, it was a discipline and a, and a style. Um, we had a small class and almost everyone in there was young boys. And so um, we had a, a classroom, but the youth itself um, really plugged well into that. And you, you work real, real well with that. So, so Dave, you're at a park. Do you have your drum with you sometimes? I rarely bring the drums to the park. I will mm -hmm. go to Buffalo Park and sometimes meet Sam there. We mm -hmm. used to uh, and bring some of the bigger drums and just do a two-hour session practicing the songs we know and just doing a lot of improvisation. Which, which uh, um, I have... A few times, actually heard you dr your drum playing from clear up in Buffalo Park. I'm about two miles from the park, which is up in this <laughs> beautiful uh, basin where you can see the San Francisco peaks, and it's one of the mo most beautiful places in the United States. So when you hear uh, that, that, and Tycho has a a drum drum that it's, it's a sound that sets it apart from Native American drum playing, from rock and roll drum playing. Taiko is a particular sound that gets your attention right now. <laughs> so, it does. And sometimes it will repel you. As we have witnessed mm. uh, with certain audience members, it repels them. Uh, that is the medicine of the drum. And uh, each individual learns how to be with it or not. Wow. So, all right, Dave, we're going um, to wrap this up. Um, and uh, this is the beginning. I'm ho I'm hoping of several other uh, interviews and, and possibly podcasts. We want to plug in uh, live sessions so you can really get a feel for what Dave does, because he's all about not talking about it but actually doing it. And so, um, and I, I want to talk one more, a little bit more about this day because it's really critical right now with with COVID being going on three years, with people being sick, being in their houses, with a the war over in uh, Ukraine and um, all these things going on. Uh, you know, you can, and I have several friends, and I know you do too, Dave, that have contemplated in the last few months of actual, of actual suicide because they just feel like um, there's nowhere to go, that they're not healthy, um, that the system is broken, that um, they're not getting the, the, the kind of life they want to get. So... What can you do about that? Because you, you're talking about getting better and taking, uh, I hate to use that word, control. Um, no, and I guess I will probably use the word uh, 
the words support and empowerment. Yeah, I like that. Uh, because I'm a firm believer and practitioner of as the masses affect the one, the one affect the masses. So in other words, if each individual person begins to raise their level or quality of life, their vibration, if you will, that actually affects every living creature within our planet because we all know, I would like to at least understand, everything is connected to everything else. So when I was taught to run traditionally by Hopis, uh, and, a, and a, a very famous Hopi runner taught me how to run, <clears throat> that was the first teaching I got, was your breath connects to every living thing. Mm -hmm. And every living thing's breath connects to you, which at the time I thought was ludicrous. I didn't even know. I, I really didn't know what the hell he was talking about. I was like, mm -hmm. aren't we going to run? And he's like, no, we're not. We're gonna, Until you understand this principle of breathing and what it does when you run. So, yeah. Breathing, what it does when you run, just when you consciously commit yourself to being a part of your breath in whatever activity you're doing. I mean, if you're going shopping at the supermarket, you don't have to walk around the supermarket going. <sighs> <laughs> Some people do. Because, you know, you don't want to get your spit on people and all that stuff. But you just want to be aware of how shallow or deep you are breathing throughout the day. Simply that. Being aware without judgment. So then you can go ahead and begin to take yourself to different places in your breathing. Instead of staying in the uppermost regions of our lungs, we can go to the lower parts of our lungs. Ah, that's important. That's very important. So that there's this part of your lungs, you and I talk about this often, that we don't use. I'm, I'm sure the guy driving that train out there, he probably doesn't use that lower. <laughs> you might even be smoking a cigarette right now. Yeah. No judgment there. So, but we talk about there's this, this space in the deeper part of your lungs that you don't use. Correct. Um, many people tend to be very shallow breathers. So when you're shallow breathing, that means that not enough oxygen is getting to your brain, flowing through your blood, washing your marrow, so to speak. Um, so that's what Reverend Tom always just talked about, because he always. And Reverend Tom is the is your sensei. He was he was my sensei, uh, the late Reverend Tom uh, Kudai, and he always said Taiko helps people to breathe. Participating in Taiko, for instance, this is what's known as a kakegoi or a guttural shout. That takes breath. That takes me accessing the lower part of my lungs uh, to make that sound come out. And it helps me to be a little more present and joyful in my body. Coincidentally, it's interesting, um, there's three dialects of language spoke mainly at Hopi, not just one. Uh, and the first Mesa dialect spoke at Walpi. I sit down with my friend, which is considered a great spiritual and poetic language. The very first lesson I got, same thing in running, it's how you breathe when you say the Hopi words. That the breath itself is the initiator and the, of the language. So he taught me how to breathe when you say words, and it's using this air in the very deep part of your lungs. So it, it's it's... Going back to this very, like you said, 3,000 years old, going back to this breathing. And so um, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. I mean, because you think it's as simple as breathing and that's, that's the solution? I don't know uh, if it's the solution. Yeah, part of it. Yet a solution. There are many solutions to the things we experience in life. Mm. Um, breathing 
as of this moment, is still free. So, <laughs> so get what you can. Yeah, you don't have to go to Walmart and buy a bottle of, of air so far. No, you don't. And that actually can help you, uh, your body, uh, fend better from things that want to get into it via your lungs. Do, does, when you, so when you do your dance and your drum, does it create a space? I mean, does it create a place that you can heal or, 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 or establish a balance? So, am I, maybe I'm not saying that. It creates, it creates a space in, in many realms. Yeah, Dave, you and me were just talking about fractals. Oh, yeah. So in that fractal fractal way of being, it is emanating throughout the entire universe through that fractal manner. Uh, Anything we do for that matter, as I understand, uh, that's how it works, uh, given whatever science you choose to uh, support. Uh, But it can create a space of... We used to do sound... Uh, soundscapes or Tycho meds. Tycho. Once upon a time uh, in Flagstaff, Random Impulse Tycho would do Tycho soundscapes. Uh, we would use the big drums as well as conch shells, uh, pie tins, uh, bells, and things like that. And the drum would get pretty loud. It would be a 40-hour session. Guaranteed, about 95% of the attendees uh, would fall asleep, even with the roar of our biggest drum, whose name is Panther. When we would finish, we would hear the sweet sound of people snoring and and breathing through their sleeping. And their feedback was that they could feel, again, the sound vibrations from all the instruments that we were using. And that helped to put them in in a comfortable space. So Dave, this is a big, I actually had a friend talk to me about this. He lives, I think he lives in downtown New York City. He said there's so much noise there's so much neon. There's so many cars that he said, even when you're in your apartment, which I think he lives in a really small place that's so expensive, you, you can't find any real assaulted. You, you can walk through Central Park, but he said, even there, you're assaulted by this, this, this noise. And so can what you do help people with that sort of uh, environment? Just like the sounds we're hearing here, like trains and cars and well, obviously, it won't make the environment go away. Right. That's good. Yet, how you adapt to it. Mm, it may not be zen. a cure, but it may give you um, some support and maybe alternative ways of being within mm, like the that. saturation of all those sounds. So you don't have to be in a mountainscape like we are here or a desert. You can be, like you say, anywhere, right? Well, there's, there is beauty in chaos. There oh, is beauty like in chaos. chaos. Uh, and this is what these practices of Taiko and dance and Yijin Jing are continually helping me to find. Uh, the beauty within the chaos, it still might irritate me, yet my experience mm. will be different. And it won't push me to losing my emotional cookies or being a rage in the cage, for that matter. Which, which is something both you and I deal with Absolutely. for different reasons. We have post-traumatic, a mind uh, from a war, Dave's from other situations we have to deal with post-traumatic stress disorder, correct? Everyone does yeah. because there's there's an assault right. on our senses continually. Oh, I like that. Uh, you know, whether it's intended or not, mm. in today's modern world, uh, there's an assault on all of our senses. So it's up to us to find our way, uh, our way to navigate through, around, with, cooperate with, because we like it or not, you still want to cooperate with these irritations. Is, 
Is there is there a heartbeat to the universe? Is that too that's too general? Well, I mean, I, mean, I think that's too, up to individual interpretation and experience. Like, okay. Good. Uh, from my experience, <laughs> uh, my doctors tend to laugh because my heart beats so slow. Whenever yeah. I go in for a Both physical, yeah. So uh, I won't tell you how slow it beats because uh, a friend used to say, "Gosh, you're almost dead." Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, your heart rate also has a lot to do with your breath, our breath. See, this is where I separate me from you. It's not your, it's our. Our I love breath. That. That's very our right. heart rate. So that's another thing that I'm learning. How to speak in ways that are about us instead of you and mm. me. We are we. Sounds kind of cheesy. Yeah, that's the way I think I'd like to go. Yeah, and again, I talked about this sort of traditional running that I, that I was taught to do. And that it's, about, it's about we. It's not about you. It's about coming in balance with the breath of, of life. Pa'atukatsi. Uh, um, you know, and you know as well as I do that uh, that breath is associated with water and moisture and with life coming out of it. So everything is born and given back to, to the breath. Anyway, um, it's uh, so breathing. Yes, breathing. Uh, breathing is essential. Let me see here. Something. Wow, that's kind of it's kind of a a little eerie. So, what 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 is that? Is that a sound effect for a haunted movie, or what? I mean, I, I'm just. What, I, what is um, I take it to be something along the effect of uh, uh, throat whistling, throat breathing. That's what comes to my mind is the Tibetan monks yes, when they sing. Correct. They sing with these multiple voices. Yeah, yes, they do, and um, that's also what Taika has helped me find through the breathing and the kakegoi is that. Uh, of course, it wasn't what, kakagoi. What, what is kakagoi? Is a guttural sound, like I demonstrated before. It's also used to keep time within taiko. Time. It uh, nice. feels really good to do it too. I gotta say, yeah. Um, wow. That, yeah, this is really a, a um, powerful thing here because I, I guess I haven't been thinking enough about breathing. I just had this uh, uh, discussion with a spiritual leader uh, at Hopi, uh, one of the villages there I won't name, and, and he talked for a long time about breathing, about the gift of breath, and, and when Hopis, uh, when they're dancers, their kachinas dance, and when they uh, have these ceremonies, that's part of the process. When you're connected, uh, the breathing is involved in your singing, your drum playing, and, and, and your dancing. Breathe to your belly button. We breathe to our belly button as often as we can. It's very helpful. Breathing is as essential as water. It's essential as love. Uh, allowing ourselves. We're pretty good about giving love, I would say. What about accepting it? Yeah, that's, that's, that's uh, my challenge. It's a hell of a journey to learn how to accept Big, love. that's a tough one, my friend. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, and not just love from... Uh, humans but from other things that are plants and animals and um, yes uh, and helping to um, helping us to understand each other's struggles because we all have the same struggles just in varying degrees 
so the more that we can come to understand each other, empathize with each other through our breathing, through our actions, through our calmness of heart and mind. Not that you have to walk around in a total Zen head all the time. Yeah, that's a, that's another problem. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't do it, nor will I. Uh, I tried it. Didn't, uh, yeah, it, was, it, it works for some people, but for you and I, because we're, we're fairly uh, rebellious about a lot of things just because um, systems have, have really fucked our lives up. And so, um, but it, so Dave, is is this a religion? Is it what would you what would you call? Uh, do you have a name for it, your, what you do here? For me, it's simply a way of being. But but when I when I if I want to contact you or I want to find what you're doing, what what what, what do I do? What I mean, what, what's what do I need to do to get a, to start doing this or at least watching it? Well, of course, you can look up Tycho on the internet, mm-hmm. and you will find many variations, as I was taught by my sensei. Um, but it's confusing, and I have. And, and you, I mean, you can go, the Kodo drummers are probably the planet's premier Tycho group. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I can say that with utmost confidence. Uh, they take Tycho to a whole nother level, a whole nother level. So... Um, I used to tell our audiences when Random Impulse Tycho would do performances that it would be wonderful just to bask in the shadow of the Kodo drummers. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're pretty, pretty. Uh, that's how wonderful, intense, and also giving, very giving, hmm. uh, Tycho can be. Uh, I took my brother, brothers and my father to a Tycho performance in Los Angeles in 2014, and they walked out different people. We all did. We all did. Everybody in that audience walked out a different person. I mean, I can I can uh, testify that just being to one of your uh, several years ago now sessions, and um, it does it it changes you a lot, and in, uh, in ways you're not really aware of. And you know, after you get through with the session or one of these nice presentations that you do, um, you know that you've had something that's really uh, worthwhile. And then I think. I think too, Dave. I think finding solutions to being responsible for your health, for your breathing, and not worrying about the United States of America or, or worrying about Russia or worrying about all these things that we can't control. But there is something we can control, and that's what you're saying on this personal level, right? Yes, and for I, me, I'm using the word control, control again. Well, it's, that's it's because I've been raised with it. I don't like that word. Yeah at all because it's very manipulative uh allowing you to f- to find a path and where you can find balance and peace and harmony i guess that's what i'd be better yes we can we can modify our path uh with through these practices or again a firm i am a firm believer in everybody having a daily practice whatever mm. that is that supports you every day uh, my daily practice usually runs about 40 minutes because I make the time. Sometimes I have to squeeze it in. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I have to squeeze it in at the latter part of the day. Yeah. But I squeeze it in. Um, vital. Very vital. What is your daily practice? What is our daily practice? Because mm. we're so busy running from the TV to the job to supporting our families yeah. uh, to, again, uh, worrying about the ways of the world because uh, we're in a mess. We're in a mess. There is no magic bullet or magic pill. But there are many ways to help us navigate and ride this wonderful ride of life. I mean, this this Tycho's 3,000 years old, my friend. I mean, the United States is 
250 years old. We're talking, there's got to be some trial and error and great learning in a system like that. There is, and, and Tycho is for everyone. No matter your gender, your religion, your physical capabilities, Tycho is for everyone to either play and or experience. Uh, uh, my dance mentor many years ago used to tell us uh, that is the lusciousness of life. Mm. The ups and downs and all around. Uh, that is the lusciousness of life. Yeah, kind of like, well, yeah, when I'm sitting there and I can't pay my rent for the <laughs> next three days, that's not so luscious, is it? No. Well, try to find the archetype behind whatever is ailing us, if I am making sense. You know, I have a friend in Los Angeles um, I'm very close to, and she, she suffers a lot. She has struggles with a lot of different things. And and I told her one day, because this is her art form, essentially, Dave. I told her, I said, well, why do you why do you make your life so, so hard? And by the way, she's Ukrainian. Um, uh, so she said, you know, Dave, I want to be fully alive. I want to feel everything I possibly can in this life that makes me uh, feel this beauty of pain and pleasure and, and, and bringing it into balance. And then she says, taking a breath, mm-hmm. like we've talked about, and then knowing that you're fully alive. And I, and I like that. And the word you used for that was, what was the, um, you had an interesting word. I already forgot. It doesn't matter because, <laughs> but being alive to the experience, right? Which is oh, not the luscious always pleasant. The lusciousness yeah, yeah. of life. That's, the, I mean, Really, for you and I, Dave, that's kind of our religion because we we uh, dive into the extreme sometimes. Correct? Correct. Uh, I don't recommend this for everybody, but for me, chaos is pretty much where I live because there's so much chaos there. Not it's, that everything is falling apart, yet I am learning how to again navigate, be with, know when to walk away, know when to let things go, which fractals. will be a fractals. Love it. You know, and it will be a lifelong practice to my last breath. Yeah, and we, we talk about this often, that, that that's what, I mean, that's what we're working towards, is when we give back this gift that we've been given, the soul, Hixie breath, whatever your word is for Amen, there's all these words mm-hmm. for soul, that it's a, it's a prayer that you, you have achieved this from A to point B, it's now time to leave, and that you've achieved something. Because obviously life is we're here to get something out of it. I, I really don't like this thing where, where, you know, it's a mistake. Every Life's a mistake, and we're a mistake, and so it doesn't matter what we do. And that, you know, and that was what confounds a lot of, a lot of scientists is um, uh, we're alive. I found that so funny. We're, that's one of the biggest problems is consciousness. And, and, and yet we are, and it's sacred, and like you said, for for us, Dave, and anyway, and for my my friend in Los Angeles and a few other people, it's about being fully alive to the experience, right? It is, whether it spanks you or not. <laughs> um, you know, in hindsight, as always, uh, I am grateful to be experienced that because that's what my parents have taught me, to be grateful for mm. whatever you're experiencing because you're still alive, which is all preparing us for our final exit. Uh, which is helping me to be much less afraid of that final exit, but more to embrace it and be absolutely present as much as I can upon the last draw 
of my breath, which is the last draw of our breath.